Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us this weekend at Red Rocks Church Online. We've been so blown away by the response of our people during this really difficult time in history. But here's what we believe. We believe that as a church, our impact around the world is only gonna continue to increase. And that's because of the faithfulness of God and the generosity of His people. And so as a church, we wanna continue to serve people selflessly, to pray tirelessly, and to give generously. And let's just sit back and watch what God does through us in this time. A lot of you have been asking how you can get involved, how you can give, and how you can stay connected during this time. I wanna let you know that we've completely redesigned our website to be a resource to you, your friends, and your family. So if you go to redrockschurch.com, you can get all the up-to-date information, stay connected, and find a way that you can make a difference during this time. I also wanna say, for those of you that are joining us at one of our online church platforms, Jump into the comments section, chat with us. We have dozens of pastors from Red Rocks Church that are there and available for you to answer any of your questions and really most importantly, to pray with you. We know that a lot of you are going through really difficult times right now and the last thing that we want is for you to go through this alone. And so help bring us into the, to the equation. Allow us to be a part of this process. Let us walk with you and pray with you during this time. We're gonna kick things off, but I wanna encourage you on a few things. Get your Bible, get a notebook, and do this. Would you invite somebody to watch the message with you? Because here's the fact, it's never been easier to invite somebody to church. With just a click of a button, somebody, one of your friends, family members, or colleagues can be joining you watching the message this weekend. So take a moment right now, share this message with somebody else, Take advantage of how easy it is to invite somebody to church. And while you're doing that, we're going to get this party started. So without further ado, welcome to Red Rocks Church Online. Red Rocks Church family, what's happening? Normally at this point, I am welcoming nine locations. Today, it is my absolute honor and I am so excited to be welcoming literally thousands of locations around the world. What's up, church? Somebody make some noise in a living room somewhere, in an office somewhere, in a car somewhere. Hey, make no mistake about it, church. We are having church today. We've been saying this for 15 years. The church is not a building. The church is a people and we are having church. Get excited at home today. I love you guys. I'm so glad to be doing church with you. I believe God has something special for every single one of us. I want to first say something to those of you who call this place home. And I want to say something to those of you who are just checking this place out. For those of you who call this place home, listen, we all have people in our lives, in our families, at our schools, at our jobs, in our neighborhoods, people that we've been thinking about inviting to church. And, and truthfully, in the back of our mind, we're like, I don't know that they'd actually ever come. They probably have more free time right now than they know what to do with. They can't watch the games at night. They don't know what to do with themselves. 
this is the perfect time to start sending some links, sharing some posts, and inviting people to come to virtual church with us as we get together as a church family from literally thousands of locations all over the place. So church, get excited. I believe God's gonna do some Ephesians 3.20 kind of stuff. I think Satan started to get excited when he realized that the churches were shutting down. And I think God went, oh, that's cute. I'll tell you what I'll do. Since we're gonna shut down the buildings, now I'll use the technology and we'll reach more people than we've ever reached and build the kingdom of God more than it's ever been built. I'm believing for some miraculous things to happen during this season, church. And I'm so glad we get to be a part of it. Now, for those of you who might be just joining us, once we start gathering again in buildings, whenever that is, Please, if we're in your area, come see us. We can't wait to welcome you. But here's what you would know. If you were with us in a building today, you'd already know because you'd meet people like Ronnie and you'd go, yep, they weren't kidding. Those folks are screwed up. Listen, we've been saying it and we mean it. We're nothing special. We don't have all the answers. We won't pretend to. We're not perfect. We won't pretend to be. We're a bunch of imperfect, messed up people, but we absolutely love to get together and pursue a perfect God. And that's what we're doing right now. And so if you're joining with us, understand this, you're already welcomed and loved and valued and accepted just the way you are. And understand this, if you're watching or listening to this, we've already been praying for you. And we believe that God has you tuned into this message for a reason, for a purpose, for right now, and get ready, because I believe he's gonna speak to you. All right, church, let's pray at all thousands of locations. God, we thank you that we get to continue being the church today in many locations, from remote locations, and using the technology that you've blessed us with. God, I pray right now that you would help every single man, woman, child, everybody watching this, to be able to just shut out what's going on because the world's crazy right now. Just shut that stuff out. And God, would you just speak to us? Speak to us about our lives. Speak to us about our fears. Speak to us about our concerns. Speak to us about the plans you have in store for us. Speak to some of us about our eternal lives. God, we thank you. And, and, and it's, in, it's an honor that we get to be together as a church today and worship you and get in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in every location, Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Give somebody a six foot away high five today. You know how sometimes you see somebody and you haven't seen them for a long time and and you do that thing where you're like, hey, what's new? You're like, uh, no, nothing. What's new with you? Oh, nada. We don't have that problem anymore, do we? What's new? Everything's new right? And it feels crazy, doesn't it? My wife sent me out true story. This is about a week ago. This was kind of, and, and, and we're pre-filming this. So, but about a week ago from today, my wife sent me to the store and she said, Hey, listen, she said, I need you to go get me uh, three things. True story. She said, I need toilet paper, Kleenexes and sanitary wipes. Now, we did not know that the whole world had already started fighting over toilet paper. We didn't know that. So she sends me to go get these things. And I'm walking in Target, and, and I can't find anything, as you know, right? But again, I didn't know what was up. So I called my wife on the phone. I'm like, babe, I know that, like, I'm not the best at this, and this is usually your thing, but 
that I'm looking everywhere and I can't find toilet paper anywhere. And I can hear her. She's just like, <sighs> and I know what that means. Right. And she's like, okay, can you, can you just get Kleenex? And I'm like, I got Kleenex. She goes, the big box. I go, no, babe, they're out of all the big boxes of Kleenex. And she's like, okay, Sean, um, will you just get sanitary wipes and I'll take care of the rest? And, and I'm like, babe, I can't find them anywhere. She goes, where are you at? I go, I'm standing next to an aisle that has cookies on it. She goes, all right, listen, you need to walk back eight aisles this way. You need to go over two aisles to your left, walk 20 steps forward, and you're going to see them. And instantly I was like, hey, wait a second. Why do you know Target this well? This is why our credit card statement says Target, 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 Target. You could blindfold my wife and she could go shopping at Target. That's how familiar she is with Target. I don't like that, okay? But I did follow her instructions and I went back so many aisles and I went over so many aisles and I went back to the corner and I'm like, babe, it's not here. Last time she goes, okay, honey, just come home. I'll do it. I'm thinking, don't you come home, honey, me. I know exactly what you're saying. You're saying I am incompetent and you're done talking to me. I know what you're saying. But what she didn't know, and what we didn't know is that everyone was already fighting over all this stuff. It was like somebody took Target and like picked it up and just went eh. like everything on the shelves back in that vector was gone. So we live in Littleton, Colorado. If you want to clean or wipe anything, it's a struggle in Littleton, Colorado right now. And fears, man, fears are going through the roof right now, aren't they, church? And we know this. Right now, excuse me, right now, fear, worry, anxiety, and depression, I think it is at an all-time high around the globe right now. Like, I just believe that. Like, we're just struggling, and people are scared everywhere because of what's going on with this coronavirus. It's real, isn't it? I've talked to people who are afraid because... They've lost their job and they don't know how they're going to provide for their family. I've talked to people who are afraid that they might lose their job. I've talked to some who are afraid that their spouse might lose their job. I've talked to people who own businesses who are afraid, like the business that I have like sold out, given everything to begin building. We might lose it all. I've talked to people who are so worried about their 401ks, like it's real right now, isn't it? Some of you are watching this and you're afraid of getting sick or getting the virus or someone, maybe you've lost a loved one already or, or someone close to your family or they've been in contact with someone who might have it. Like the fear is real, isn't it? And we all feel it and we all know it. Excuse me. <clears throat> On Monday, I sort of hit this like dark cloud, just funk of a day. And, and you know, I'm, I'm like you, people are nonstop texting me going, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, how you holding up, right? And I'm almost minute to minute how I respond to people who send me those texts. Because some, sometimes I get a text like that and I'm like, man, I'm ready to like climb a mountain and slay giants. And then three minutes later, I'm in the fetal position on the couch crying for Jill. You know what I mean? Like it's minute to minute. <clears throat> and, and Monday, Monday was crazy. Because, and this is, this is true, isn't it true right now that half the people in your life think they have a connection to the White House right now? Isn't that true? Like, half the people in your life right now will tell you, I'm two emails away from talking to Trump myself, 
right? And because everybody's got a friend who's got a niece who's dating an ex-Marine and he knows a guy and his sister works for somebody who was in the office listening to a meeting. And here's, the, here's what you get in text. You're getting these texts nonstop. Here's what I heard. How'd you hear it? Oh, because I got a guy who knows a friend who has a, mm-hmm, and this is what I heard. And this is what's happening next, right? Everybody, everybody's got that. Well, we have that. And we have a guy who knows a guy who was in a meeting talking with President Trump last Sunday. And, and this person said, what we've heard is starting Tuesday, this was last weekend. What we've heard is starting Tuesday that the whole country is going into a 14-day lockdown. So we start panicking, like, how are we going to do church? What are we going to do? And so Monday, our entire staff spent the whole day getting ready to do church from my house. So Carson and JC and all the guys, they brought over all the equipment. And right now in my loft is a film set. We got lights and cameras and cords are taped on the floor and they're taking pictures off the wall and they're moving furniture. And I'm just like, just watching them, just watching them, just transform this area into their own little studio. Like if my boys want to go to their bedrooms right now, it's like over light stands and behind boom mics. And I mean, it's a whole deal. So I'm watching them turn my house into a film studio in case we have to do church from my house. And, you know, I'm okay, but I'm getting a little tight chested. If you, if you have anxiety or you're prone to anxiety right now, it's like the world has poured gasoline on that. You know what I mean? So I'm just, just, just watching them change everything. And I'm thinking about what it's going to be like as they teach my son, Ethan, how to run the camera. And he's going to be responsible for producing an entire church service. And, and that's scary. And they all leave. <clears throat> and I sit on the couch and I do what you've been doing. I, I start watching the news. And then I start worrying. And then I watch some more news. And then I start worrying. And then I check my phone. And four people have a guy who has a friend who has a sister who knows Trump. And here's what they heard. And I just, I started going into this, like this, like tailspin, this, I started just like spiraling out of control with, with fear and worry and anxiety and depression, just kind of little bits of all of it. You know what I mean? And I just sat there on the couch and, you know, pretty soon I blinked and it was bedtime and put the kids to bed. And then I just went back to the living room and I just like sat on the couch. And I started going to like worst case scenario. And I started, isn't it true sometimes when you're with just yourself and your thoughts and things are sort of open-ended all around you that you just start thinking all kinds of scary things and all kinds of negative things. And, and I started thinking things like, like well, what if, what if this lasts for a long time? And what if, what if people that are a part of Red Rocks Church, what if they start, what if they stop giving? And what does that mean for our staff? And what does that mean for their families? And what does that mean for this church in general? And like maybe this is the end of it. And a lot of people have sacrificed a lot for a lot of years to make this thing a reality. And we've watched God do miracles. And I start thinking, is this thing coming to an end? Is it all unraveling? And then I start thinking about like, like me and Jill have have spent years trying to be financially responsible and putting away money for our kids' future and for our future, and we're just watching it go away. And what if it all goes away? And what if it's time for the boys to go to school and it all 
And then I start thinking things like, what if, what if our staff realizes in this time of crisis that they need a really good leader and they realize I'm just not that? And what if, what if they start to see through it? And who am I kidding? And I don't have what it takes to do this. And there's so many unanswered questions and everyone keeps looking to me for answers and I'm supposed to be a leader and you're supposed to be a leader in your home and you're supposed to be a leader at your work and you're, right? And, and people are looking to you for answers and I'm like, what if, what if they realize I don't, I don't have it and I don't know what to do next? And what if we do lose our jobs? And what if, what if we do lose the church? And what if we do lose our investments? And what if, you know, I can't be the only one who's been thinking things like this, right? So my wife, she knew that I was struggling. And so the next morning, she sent me a verse. And, and I tell you stories every now and then about my wife. I'm telling you, she puts Mother Teresa to shame. She just does. She gets up every morning before the sun comes up. And she goes and sits on the floor next to a fireplace in our living room, looking out a window that looks east. And she, she, she says she likes doing that because she wants to be talking to God and reading the word as his sun rises. I wish I was making this up. You ought to try being this messed up and living with somebody that good. It's, a, it's hectic. So I wake up and she sends me a text message. And this is the verse she sent me. And she said, babe, this is for you today. And Red Rocks Church, I've been praying for you every single day, nonstop, all the time, just praying for you, thinking about you, what, what, what's next, what's God saying, what's God up to, what's God doing? And here's what I believe with all my heart, that this, these two verses I'm about to read, that this is for you today. So for just for a second, can you sort of put aside that you're watching church from a screen somewhere, and can you actually start to just comprehend that the creator of the universe wants to speak to you about your life right now, about your fears right now that you're having, all right? He knows what you're afraid of. He knows what you're worried about. He knows what's on your mind, and I believe he wants to speak to you about it right now. You ready? All right, let's read. Joshua 1, 5 and 6. Just let God speak to you. Just as I was present with Moses, so will I be with you. Listen, let him speak. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and confident and courageous. Leave that verse up for a second. I want to read that again. I want you to think about what's been heavy on your heart. I want you to think about what's been causing you some anxiety and just let God speak. Just as I was present with Moses, so will I be with you. I'm not going anywhere. I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. And because of that, you can be strong and confident and courageous in the middle of a storm. There is no virus that takes away the power and the truth of that passage of scripture. There is no pandemic that takes away the power and the truth of that scripture. There is nothing that you can be worrying about or anxious about right now that that verse can't cover. Those two verses, that is the truth of the word of God. And here's what he says. I see you. I know you're struggling. I know what's going on. I know there's unanswered questions, but I'm telling you, remember you built your house on the rock. So in the middle of this storm, you can stand with your head held high, put your shoulders back. You can be strong and courageous and confident without knowing all the answers, because I'm telling you, I'm not going anywhere. That's what your God says. Somebody in a living room say amen somewhere. I'll never forget 
the first time I, I said words similar to those to my son, Ethan. He was 10 years old. And my son loves basketball. All three of my boys love basketball. Ethan loves basketball. I had him. He was playing organized basketball at age two. First kid, little over eager. I get it. Okay. Don't judge me. Whatever. So, so he's been playing basketball for eight years at this point. He's 10. Okay. You've also heard me, if this is your church, refer to a close family friend of ours and a coach named Coach Randy. In fact, I mentioned him a couple weeks ago. He's the one-on-one -on -one coach that told my son, we don't count misses, we only count makes, right? Stop worrying about what you miss and start counting buckets. That's Coach Randy. Okay, Coach Randy runs an organization here in Denver called The Miners. It's a community outreach center in one of the poorest areas in the entire city. And he serves at-risk youth on a daily basis. Google it, support it, give to it. You'll be helping out a lot of kids when you do. They can come there after school when they have no other place to go. They can come get food. They can come get clothes. They can come get tutoring. It's amazing what Coach Randy's doing. Well, he also likes to get them involved in something. And so oftentimes he'll use basketball and it gives them something. It's a way to sort of learn, learn how to submit to authority, to be a team player, to learn discipline, but also to be excited about something, to be a part of something, to be proud of something. So he's also got this minors club team basketball. Well, so we have a friend who has a friend who knows Coach Randy. They hear that Coach Randy's putting on a camp in the summer, and they're like, you should get Ethan in the camp. What I didn't know is it was only for 50 players, and it was the 50 best players in the city, some like elite level players by invite only, and it went all through high school. But my friend who knows a friend who knows a friend who knows Randy sent us an email and Randy's like, oh, it's invite only and I don't know who you people are. But oddly enough, I had one person cancel. Bring Ethan. Okay. Now you get it. Me and Ethan show up to camp. It's going to be eight hours a day, five days a week for this camp. And we show up and me and Ethan look in the gym and both of our eyes go. When Ethan's team does layup drills, they try to make layups. These kids were throwing each other alley-oops, dunking, 360 dunk. I mean, it was crazy. And, and we were just, and so here, here's my, my, my son. He's looking going, oh my gosh. They're so much bigger than me. They're so much better than me. I don't have any friends. I don't know any of these players. Like I could tell he's freaking out, okay? So I sit on the floor. There's no chairs in the gym. I sit on the floor. I go, you got this, you got this, go ahead. And so he, he has his basketball and he walks out and there's like probably eight hoops, six to eight hoops around the gym. All the kids are warming up before it gets started. So Ethan goes to, to one of the hoops. Hold on, let me get a drink. <clears throat> Ethan goes to one of the hoops and like the kids are like pushing each other and playing and one-on-one, -on -one, throwing alley-oops, dunking. And my son goes up and he's like, Nobody says a word to him. They pretend like he's not even there. Balls are coming through the net, hitting him. He's, he just picks up his ball and just walks to another hoop. And nobody says a word to him. And he starts trying to shoot. And he feels like he's in the way. And he grabs his ball and he comes back. And he sits down next to me on the floor. And I can see his eyes are starting to water. 
I said, you all right? He goes, mm-hmm. I said, bud, are you scared? One tear just starts coming down his cheek. He looks at me and he goes, mm-hmm. I said, you want me to pray? He goes, so we held hands right there, real, 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 real low key, because he didn't want anyone to see. And I just prayed that God would give him strength and courage and confidence. He could do this, give him peace. And then he looked, and then and we got done. And I said, Bud, you can do this. And he looks at me and he goes, Will you stay? You know how you have a whole bunch of thoughts like in an instant and my, my mind starts racing and I'm like, I can't stay. Like I have a church to run. I have a lot of stuff going on this week. I have a sermon to prepare. Like this is eight hours a day for five straight days. Like I can't stay. And without even blinking, I look back at my son and I was like, absolutely. I said, but I'm not going anywhere for eight hours a day for five days this week. I will be sitting right here on this gym floor. I'm not leaving. My son slowly got up, walked out onto the court, and he went through camp for a week. And if he were here today, he'd tell you he still has friends. He made such good friends that week. He still has friends from that week. He ended up playing with the Miners organization for two seasons, and he would tell you it was the scariest thing he's ever walked into, but he's never grown more as a basketball player. He's never got better. There's no season of his basketball career where he's seen more improvement, where God did more in his life than that time. It took knowing my God, my, my dad for him, right? For us, it's my God. My dad's not going anywhere. So so even though this scares me to death, I'm going to walk into it because I got my dad with me. And I'm telling you, church, that's what God wants to say to some of you today. Some of you today need to understand your God sees you. You feel so alone. You feel so isolated. You feel like nobody cares. Nobody understands. I got to figure it out. It's all on me. And I want you to know it's not all on you. Your God is with you. And he says, because I'm with you, I got you, which means you've got this, even though you don't know the answers yet. And you can hold your head high and you can walk into this crazy storm that we're all facing right now with strength and courage and confidence because your father has already looked at you and said, I'm not going anywhere. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Greater is he who is within you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper and you will be victorious in Jesus name. Somebody else better say amen in the living room somewhere. Let's go church. My wife sends me this verse. It's to Joshua. It's about Moses. And it's for us. Remember the verse said, as I was with Moses, I promise I'll also be with you so you can be strong and courageous and confident. It's about Moses to Joshua and now for us. And so what I like to do is go, okay, do I have anything in common with Moses and Joshua? Like, is there any reason for me to believe that what God was saying to them would have something to do with my life today? Understand Moses, if you go to Exodus three, was living a normal, ordinary, everyday life out in a field. Not even, he doesn't even have his own sheep. He's watching his father-in-law's sheep. He's just going to work. Just a normal, everyday work life. And he knows his rhythm and he knows his routine and he knows where he's going to work and he knows where his paycheck's coming from and he knows where the food's coming from and he's just living life in a rhythm. 
And one day, a bush out in a field catches on fire. The creator of the universe begins to speak to him through this bush. And he said, you're going to go get the nation of Israel out of a 400 year stint of slavery. And and you're going to get them out of the grips of the most powerful man on the planet and lead them into freedom. No pressure. Go get them, kid. Think about the text messages that Moses was sending his friends. Bro, this is crazy. This is unreal. Is this really happening? Like, life was normal two weeks ago, and now everything's been flipped upside down, and everything that was right is now left, and what was up is now down, and nothing makes sense. That's what Moses was facing. And he's like, man, I stutter. I'm not even a good speaker. I can't even do this. And God's calling me to do something great. Like he's, he's walking into a storm that makes no sense. How, God, how am I supposed to have courage in the middle of this chaos? Exodus 3, 11 and 12. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I can't do this. What you're asking of me is crazy. I don't have it in me. What's God's answer to all his fears? Five words. I will be with you. That's how. How are you going to walk into this storm? How are you going to face the unknown? How are you going to handle a world that feels completely backwards and upside down right now? You're going to handle it with strength and courage and confidence, knowing that I will be with you. And because I'm with you, I got you, which means you've got this. That was the answer to all of his fears. I'm going with you. And he did. And Moses gets the entire nation of Israel out of Egypt and they cross the Red Sea into freedom. They spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And Joshua, Joshua knows his job. He's just an assistant. He's Moses's aide. He helps. He grabs things. He runs errands. He prays. And he has a routine and he knows who he works for and he knows his job responsibilities and he knows that Moses is the greatest leader he's ever heard of on this planet. So I just support him. That's just what I do. And I know my work schedule and I know the days I'm off and I know the days I'm on and I know where I go to work and I know where I get my check and I know where I get my food and I know what my investments look like. Like everything was just he had a rhythm. And like we did a few weeks ago. God comes to him one day, says, well, boom, Moses is dead. Nobody saw that coming. And now you're in charge. And now I want you to do what the greatest leader you've ever seen Moses couldn't do. I want you to lead this entire nation of people across the Jordan River, which, by the way, is at flood season. So it's humanly impossible. I want you to lead them across the Jordan into the promised land. Then you're going to go defeat 31 kings and take possession of the promised land that I've been promising this nation for generations. Good luck. Go get them, kid. Think about his text messages. Bro. I know this is unreal. It doesn't make sense. Can you believe this is happening? Everything that made sense two weeks ago now doesn't make sense. And everything that I thought made me comfortable in life is gone. Everything I thought I could rely on always being there gone. Yeah, I think we have something in common with Joshua too. God, I, I'm just me. 
and I can't, and I don't know what to do, and I feel like there's so much pressure, and I gotta figure it out on my own. I feel overwhelmed. I'm scared, God. What's God's answer? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. How is this possible, God? How am I supposed to walk through this stuff? Because the Lord, your God, goes with you wherever you go. That's how. Because I'm not going anywhere. So you can step into things that you don't understand. And you can step into storms that don't make sense. And you can step into fears that seem overwhelming with your head held high with strength and courage and confidence because your God says to you, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm telling you, Red Rocks Church, I believe with all my heart, that's what God wants to say to us today. I'm not going anywhere, so yes, you can. I don't know about the 401k, God. I don't know about the job thing, God. I don't know about my kid's school, God. I don't know. Like, it's crazy, right? I went into the kitchen this week. My son's doing jumping jacks in the kitchen. I'm like, babe, why is a boy doing jumping jacks in the kitchen? She goes, that's virtual gym class. He had a box of cookies next to the computer. That's what's happening in virtual gym class. Like nothing makes sense, God. What do I do? Everything's upside down. You step into it one day at a time, one step of obedience at a time, one decision to follow your God at a time, one decision to keep worshiping at a time with strength and courage and confidence because I'm not going anywhere. That's how. Oh, somebody get excited in a home church somewhere. Here's what I've realized about myself. Worship team, you can begin making your way back to the stage. Here's what I've realized about myself. I spend a lot of time reminding myself about my fears. Especially over the last week. I replay over and over again what could happen if it all goes bad. What might happen if it all goes bad. What's worst case scenario if it all goes bad. And I remind myself over and over and over about my fears. You know what I forgot? I forgot what we've been talking about as a church since the beginning of this year. What have we been talking about as a church since the beginning of this year? I got a new foundation. My house is built on the rock, like Matthew 7 says. So when the storms hit, yeah, I might go through some stuff. There might be some broken bones and some bruises after it, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm standing strong because my house is built on the rock. I'm going to be stronger than I was before the storm ever hit. I've been focusing on my fears. I've been reminding myself about my fears. I forgot about my foundation. So I decided this week, church, you know what we're about to do? We're about to remind our fears about our foundation. That's what we're going to do this week. And I'm going to help you. I want you to remember and be reminded of the foundation that you stand on when you put your faith in Jesus and you decided to follow him and you said, God, I am going to make my life about being connected to you. My house is going to be built on the rock. I want to remind you what your foundation is like, because this week we're going to remind our fears about our foundation. Would you put that slide up? These are 18 verses. The full verses will be on the app this week. You can get them all. I encourage you. Some of you just take a screenshot right now. Take these into your prayer time. Take these into your worship time. Start to memorize some of these. Start putting these around the house. Start reminding your fears that this is the truth and the reality about your foundation. You are loved. You are valued. You are accepted. You are chosen. You are called. I don't know what's going on with work. That's okay. You are safe. You are protected. You're 
God is with you. Yeah, but I'm looking at my 401k. I'm looking at all my investments and it's freaking me out and it's scaring me to death. That's okay. God is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll strengthen you. He'll guide you. He'll empower you. I feel like I don't have what it takes to make it through this crazy season of life. Listen, be reminded his spirit lives in you. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. You are more than a conqueror. My kids are scared. My family's scared. I don't know what's going to happen next. That's okay. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You will be victorious in Jesus name. Somebody get on your feet in a living room and make some noise. That's our foundation church. That's what we built our life on church. So it's time now that we start reminding our fears about our foundation. It's time now, every time you get scared and every time you get worried, you grab one of these verses and you quote it over yourself. You stand on it. You claim it over your family. That's okay. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I will see victory. I am a child of God in Jesus name. I'm going to remind my fears about my foundation. And this is not just fancy church talk. I'm telling you, church, I've lived it. This is not the first time that my family has fought a virus. If this is your church, then you'll know our story if you've been around for a while. A couple years ago, my son Ethan went on a missions trip and he got a virus and he got home and he got real sick and we took him to the hospital and everything went down fast. They could not figure out what was wrong. They could not figure out what he had. They were testing him for everything in the world. His organs were starting to shut down. We spent a week in ICU. This is a picture of my son in the hospital, literally fighting for his life. Here's what they kept telling us. We believe it's a virus. We just can't find it. We believe it's a virus. We just can't identify it. It got so bad at one point that they started talking to us about like, here's the percentage of him actually making it through this. Here's the percentage of him actually living. Me and my wife are beside ourselves. Trying to walk into the hospital room every day, trying to keep it together in front of our son so he doesn't get scared and then walking outside and falling apart. That's what we did many times a day. Then we go talk to the infectious disease team and they would tell us how they're working around the clock and they can't figure it out and they don't know what to do and more organs are shutting down and here's what's happening. And me and my wife were just like, I can't even, I don't even know how to put it into words. We'd never felt this kind of pain in our lives. We'd never dealt with this kind of fear in our lives. And my wife, because she's just better than me, one day she goes, uh-uh. We're not going to live in fear anymore. No longer is this hospital room going to be a hospital room of fear. This hospital room is going to be a hospital room of faith. And she started getting scriptures and she started putting them around Ethan all over his bed. Go ahead and put that picture up. She put scriptures on both sides of his bed and she would tell my son, Ethan, every time you wake up, don't you be afraid. Here's the promise of God right next to you. He's a healer. He's a restorer. He's still in the miracle working business. You don't have to be afraid, son. She was reminding my son of the foundation that his life is built on. She would have to remind me because I'd be outside in the hallway crying, trying to hide it from my son. And she'd come out in the hallway and she goes, she go, babe, go in there and look at your son and start reading those verses because that's what we're claiming. That's what we're believing in. We're going to remind our fears. That's what we were doing. I'm reminding my fear of who my God is. That's what we were doing. And one night, it's day five in the ICU. A doctor had just told me that it's, it's starting to look bad. 
and it's about 4 a.m. and I'm doing laps outside around Children's Hospital and I'm beside myself. I'm just, I'm just like, God, I can't breathe. I can't function. I can't, I can't figure this out. I can't get anything to settle down. I don't know what to do, God. And I felt like God dropped a, a phrase into my heart. He said, stand on my promises. I'm not going anywhere. And the phrase I felt like he dropped in my heart was, put your foot down and put your hands up. And I had earphones and I had my phone and I put on, I put on some worship music and I started just walking around the church, having my own personal revival service. Just like, I don't know what's going on in my life and what's up is down and what was good is bad and nothing makes sense. But my God said he'd be with me and he said he'd never leave me. So I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to stand on those promises and I'm going to put my hands up and I'm going to worship even though things don't seem right right now, because I just know my God is with me and he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He won't let me down. He's got a plan when I can't see it. He's working when I don't feel it. And I'm going to put my foot down on that promise. I'm going to put my hands up in the air and I'm going to worship my God anyways. After five days in the ICU, I don't have time to tell you today, but some miraculous things happened and they found the virus and they killed the virus and my son couldn't be healthier today. But I'm telling you, I learned a crazy lesson that week in the hospital and it is very, very true. It's not just fancy church talk. You can actually lean on your God and stand on his promises when the storm is worse than you ever thought would happen. And there's this ability that starts to rise up inside of you. I can actually be strong in the middle of uncertain times. I can be courageous when everything looks dark right now. I can be confident even though I don't get it because I know my God made me a promise and he said he's not going anywhere. And Red Rocks Church, I'm telling you, that's your God's promise to you today. No matter what you're facing, your God says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Hold your head up high. Be confident and strong and courageous because together we got this. And somebody else say amen. In Jesus' name, I claim it. And I believe it for every single person watching or listening to this. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our homes, in our cars, in our offices. I thank you for what you're doing right now in our hearts and in our minds. I thank you that you're speaking to us. You're challenging us. You're encouraging us. You're comforting us. You're reminding us. God, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that we can sense your presence in thousands of locations right now around the world. With everyone's eyes closed at every campus, I want to ask a question, and I'm going to ask you to literally raise your hand up and respond to what God might be communicating to you right now. And if somebody in the room sees you raise your hand, that's okay. They'll be a great person to talk to about your decisions after this service is over. The first question I have is this. You are a Christ follower. You are a Christian. Maybe you have been forever. But right now, you know, I need, I need peace. <laughs> but my God, I need strength and courage and confidence right now. Because I feel like I'm fighting a battle and those things are real hard to come by. If that's you right now, wherever you are, would you just raise your hand and I'm gonna say a prayer for you and I'm gonna agree with you in prayer that your God is going to, his presence is actually going to become tangible in your life. You're gonna feel some weights come off your shoulders. You're gonna already start to realize I can do this. I can walk through things I didn't think I could walk through because my God is with me. If that's you, keep a hand up. I'm gonna pray for you. 
All right, you can put them down. Second, second question is this. I read all those verses or referred to a bunch of verses that describe the foundation, that describe what life is like when I decide to say, God, would you forgive me of my sins? I wanna make you my Lord to the best of my ability. I'm gonna screw things up. I'm not gonna be perfect, but to the best of my ability, I wanna follow you. And when you put your faith in Jesus, his word says that right then, Right then, when you say, God, I want you, I'm sorry, I want you, in the name of Jesus, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what the Bible says. When you make that decision, your eternal life changes. You cross over from death to life. You get filled with his spirit in the here and now, and you get heaven forever. And some of you, I believe you're watching this, you're listening to this, and you can feel it in your heart. You can sense it. God's been calling me into a relationship with him, not out of guilt and shame, his loving kindness is drawing me into a relationship with him. And you go, you know what? This is my time. I want to ask God to forgive me of my sins. And I choose to follow him. If that's you right now, raise your hand. Oh, come on, church. Get excited. Eternal lives are being changed. I just know it. I believe it. I believe heaven is getting more crowded right now. Depending on what platform you're watching this, we have pastors on our online services that are going to give you some links. If you just made that decision, they're going to get you a 30 day devotional and all kinds of resources. There are certain platforms, just look for them and you'll have opportunities to respond. And if you're not on one of those, you just say a prayer. In fact, you know what? I'm going to say a prayer with you. We're going to make this super simple. We're going to all say a prayer. So in every living room, every house, every car, every office, let's pray together. You ready? Say these words with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I've never earned it. I've never deserved it. But I'm so grateful. God, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you be my Lord? I want to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, get excited wherever you're at. Get excited. Eternal lives are being changed. Chains are being taken off. Weight's been taken off. Let me say a prayer for all of you other people who raised your hand. God, we pray for peace in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for miraculous strength and courage and confidence in the middle of uncertainty. And I thank you that you're with us. Would you remind us all the more that you're with us? And as we begin to sing this song, as we begin to call on you, we believe it in faith. Your Holy Spirit is going to start to fill us up and remind us of your presence and renew our strength. In Jesus' name, stay standing at every location and enter into worship as if you were in this room. Church, let's worship. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us this weekend at Red Rocks Church Online. Remember, church doesn't stop right now. We're going to be the church all week long. Make sure that you tune in to all of our social media sites and redrockschurch.com to stay up to date on all of our current information. We're also going to be releasing a bunch of resources for you and your families during this time. And one of the things that we want to do this week, as you remind your fears about your foundation, is we want to make a song from our recent album available to you. So if you follow the instructions at the bottom of your screen, Screen, you can go and access, you can watch and listen to this online. Last but certainly not least, if this ministry has been a blessing to your life in any way, I want to encourage you. Would you consider helping support us to take the ministry of Jesus Christ 
further, faster. At the bottom of your screen, there's some instructions on ways that you can give. The easiest and the best way is going through our Red Rocks Church mobile app or redrockschurch.com forward slash give. And you can be a part of making a difference not only in our cities, but around the world. We love you guys so much. Enjoy this week being the church. And we look forward to seeing you next weekend. See you later.